Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed this evening as we share from God's word. May I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, for your people, for those who are listening. Lord, we pray that the words from your holy word that we share will be a blessing to those who are hearing, and may they also be doers of your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Tonight, we're going quickly to the word of the Lord, and you're going to find us there in 2 Samuel. That's 2 Samuel, and we're going to be sharing um, from verses 19 through 21 um, there in 2 Samuel, and that's 2 Samuel um, chapter 12, verses 19 through 20. Again, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 19 through 20 is where we are sharing from on this evening. And the word of the Lord there says, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. I want to share from you for a few moments from just the thought, and this is a personal thought that God has shared with me, just from the thought for a few moments, that our failures are God's success. Often our failures are God's success. And rather, maybe as subtext to that, you know, what what is it that we should learn from our failures and should sometimes our failures are God simply setting things in order that we might be obedient to him and that we might actually find ourselves inside his will? Because there are many things that God often allows. I'm reminded of Job. Many of us know the story of Job. But Job, when he was at the highest point of his suffering, that's when his, I'll say his so-called friends came to comfort him. And many of them asked then, Job, what did you do wrong? Because they assumed that because some, because of all the calamity he was facing in his life, that he must have done something wrong. He must have sinned before God. And oftentimes, that, that, and sometimes that may be the case, we may simply be out of order. And, we th- and then we'll attribute our suffering to the devil. We think that the devil has attacked us, the devil has come against us, or that our enemies, our haters, however you want to phrase it, that some force has come against us for the purpose of our destruction. But we as Christians, we often use the scripture that we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. That often may mean even in our failures or the things that we perceive as failures, that God is working something good out of that, which brings us to our text. If you look here in the text and uh, the story of David, and to give you a little background on this story, uh, this is when David had found himself sinful with Bathsheba. He had lusted after another man's wife, and as a result, she had become pregnant and bore a child. Subsequent to the subsequent to our particular text, you will find in, I think, verses one through 15 of chapter 12 in Second Samuel, that David is confronted by the prophet Nathan, who tells him that he has done wrong. After which he tells him that God, one of the things that God will require as recompense for his sin is that the child that he bore with Bathsheba uh, in sin would die. 
So David, but David went down to pray for the, the child and he lay in sackcloth and ashes and he did not eat. He fasted and prayed before God. He lamented before God. And that's where we pick up David here in, in verse 19. He has done all of this lamenting and crying and fasting and lying in sackcloth and ashes. And here he finds out that his servants have discovered that the child indeed, even as God had declared, was dead. At this point, David, he hears that he is dead and perceives that he's dead. And he asks them, has the child indeed died? And they say yes to him. They said he is dead. Then it said after laying in sackcloth and ashes and not eating and not anointing himself, I imagine not bathing, probably sleeping night and day on his knees before this child who was laying sick. Then David said he rose from the earth. He washed himself. And it says it in a way, in a manner that suggests he had not been washing himself. He anointed himself again, suggesting that he had not been doing that prior to the lamenting stage that he went through with this child, changed his clothes, went into the house of God, worshiped God. And apparently, and again, it suggests that he had not been doing that because he had been lamenting over the, the ailment this child was facing. But he went to God's house. He worshiped him. Then he came into his own house. And at that time, he asked them to eat and he did eat, which, again, suggests that he had been in a stage of consecration and fasting. Um, he was sacrificing of his own desires and wants, hoping that it would make a difference in the destiny of this child. And it did not. But some of the things that David forego had for had uh, withdrew from doing were some things that were necessary and that were important. And later on in the text, you will find later on in this chapter, you'll find out that after he had actually married Bathsheba, then not soon long after uh, they conceived a child and that child, many of you are familiar with the story. know, and those who are unfamiliar with the story probably still know the name. Uh, that's when Solomon was conceived. King Solomon, the great King Solomon, who would later uh, be the builder of not only the kingdom of Israel, but also the temple. God allowed him, his hands to be the ones responsible and his administration be responsible for the building of the temple there in Jerusalem. We also know Solomon to be a man of great wisdom and he had much wealth, but he was born immediately after uh, this child had died. So something good came out of it. But before we got to Solomon, this baby died. And when I think of it, I think of some things in our lives that God calls to come to an end because we were going in our own way, but God wanted us to follow his path. God wanted us to do it in his way, in a way, in a manner, just as I suggested in our text and in our sharing. We had to experience failure to also experience God's success. Our own personal desires, they're often quoted, and I believe it to be true. There is a way that seems right to man, but the ends whereof are the ways of death. There is a way that seems right to us, but it always ends in failure. It always ends in turmoil. It, it always ends in harm to us. And more importantly, and more tragically, sometimes it involves us hurting other people because we tried to do it our own way. And did, we did not follow the advice, the instruction, the plan on the purpose of God. We experience our personal failures so that God can put us along the path that he desires us to be so that not only we can pursue our purpose, but so that we can experience the term that I've often heard good success. And when I think of good success and I think morally of God's success, because the, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. When I say that God can bless me in a way where I'm blessed 
and it does not bring tears to my eyes. He doesn't bless me with a car that I can't afford or a house that I can't make payments on, but he blesses me in a way that does not bring me sorrow. And even better yet, when we think about it, because in the human experiences, particularly here in America and our systems that are built on capitalism, often we experience success uh, to the to uh, the detriment of others. Others, it's almost as if it's for us to succeed. Others have to fail. But in God's system, it does not work like that. We can succeed in a manner that does not hurt or or cause detriment or, or harm to others who are around us. And that's the type of success and that's the type of purpose that I want to pursue in God. So, but to get there, sometimes our own means, our own designs have to fail. Sometimes God has to show us that what we're doing is wrong so that he can show us the right way. Something similar with Abraham. Remember when Abraham, I should say Abram at the time, when him and Sarah had come up with the idea that God had promised him a child, God had promised him he'd be the father of many nations, but uh, Abram was old and Sarah was old. Uh, the Bible even says the way with women was no longer with him and with her. And women know what that means. She was no longer even ovulating. So how was she going to bear a, ch bear a child? So they said, had came up with another plan, another design. Abram said, well, why don't you let me lie with your handmaiden, Hagar, uh, because she is young. She's still the way of women is still with her and it'll be easier for us to bear a child. And they did. And that child was named Ishmael. Uh, but God made it clear to Abram later on when he inquired of God, he said, can not this be the promise? And God told Abram, no, that is not what I promised you. That is not the miracle child that I said you and Sarai would bear together. And as a result, later on to the surprise of them and they laughed at him. That's why they called him Isaac, because that means laughter. Abram laughed as well as Sarah laughed when said they said that he they would have a child at 100 and at 90 and 100 years old, respectively. And they did. And Isaac was born. And God said, because that was my promise. That's what I promised you. Ishmael was your way, but Isaac was my way. And many times we have a way that we want to go, but God often allows those ways to fail so that we can experience prosperity doing it God's way. Some of us have had failed marriages and we did so because we did it our way. Some of us have gone to jobs that wore us down and, and it seems like it took us further away from God and, and caused us so much grief and, and heartache. And, and it seemed like a good thing, but it's almost like we, we lost our mind trying to, trying to, trying to do that job. And sometimes God allows that and to fail because he wants you to put you along the, the path of his own success, his own design, because when he does it, he does it in a more excellent way. He does it in a way that does not bring us harm or frustration or cause you to be anxious and experience anxiety and depression and almost lose your mind. If you're at that peak, if you're at that point, you may need to question, am I in a place of God's design? Did I try to get here by myself or did I arrive here through obedience to God? Did I arrive here with God's help? Did I arrive here with God's approval? Because if I did not, then I might experience some negative impact and not only me, but those who are around me, those who are attached to me, my family who's associated with me. There are so many things that we have to look forward. God sees so far ahead. My dad would say the providence of God pro video. He sees ahead God's ability to see where he, what we shall be, what he desires us to be. And God sees us not for where we are, but where we shall be. 
And our plans are often so much more short term that we're not ready and prepared for the future that God has mapped out for us because we try to do it our own way. When I tell you that God's success lasts 20, 30, 40 years in the future, he's not looking at just today, tomorrow and yesterday, but he's looking so far ahead into what we shall become, where we will be down the road. God sees that. And because he sees that, that's why we need to trust him. That's why we need to put ourselves, our jobs, our occupation, our future, all of our prom all of his promises and also God's path for us. We need to put all of that in his hand and trust God with it. That may mean that we have to fail or maybe not even fail, but maybe we have to quit our own designs. We have to give up on things that we have designed for ourselves because they will not hold up under the weight of the pressure of the years that are coming ahead that we might have a good five year plan, but God has a 40 year plan. So we might have to sacrifice some things now to experience success in the future. And many of us know that that's why you have savings account and individual retirement accounts and you you're buying uh, death insurance and you have all life insurance. You have all of these things that you're preparing ahead because you recognize that you have a future and God sees much better in the, into the future than we do. So that means even as we sacrifice for our own futures, God does that as relative to our destiny as well. He doesn't mind you having a little slip up and fall. He doesn't mind a, a relationship passing away. He doesn't mind you losing a job if he knows that is preparing you for what he, the purpose that he has designed for you so that you can, he can, you can see him more clearly so that you can be closer to God. Because if we have followed a path that leads us further away from him, how could that be God's will? God says, I wish above all things that I may as prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He does not desire our earthly success to cause us to be further away from him. But he wants us to be closer and closer to him. And he said, seek my kingdom first, and then all of these things shall be added to you. Set your affections on things above. Set your mind on things that are not carnal, things that you cannot touch, things that you cannot possess. He said, he said, set your affections on things and not on things of this earth. That's God's design and desire for us. But to get there, we may have to fail. Some of the things that we've drawn up may have to be tossed away. That means right now I'm speaking to someone, you may feel like you're experiencing a moment of failure, but maybe you're simply experiencing a moment of God's redirection. Have you ever looked at it that way? I'm not failing in this moment. God, I didn't, I, it's not that I'm losing this job. It's not that I'm losing this friendship, but maybe just maybe God is redirecting me in this moment to put me along his path so that I can follow his purpose. This son of David had to die for God to put David along his path of purpose. And it may not, and certainly it's not a child, but there are some things in our lives that may have to die for us to follow God's purpose. Some things about ourselves, even maybe some personality traits, some, some relationships that we're holding on to, maybe even some jobs or some side gigs that we have right now that we need to release and let go of so that God can set us along the path of his destiny. If you really want to be great, there's a lot of things you have to give up. 
it reminds me of the story I've told, shared it before that, that a classical pianist was playing on the piano and many people were gathered around and watching him play after he had, he had performed at an event and somebody looked at him and said, I want to play just like you play. And that, that pianist looked at him and said, no, you don't because you're not willing to sacrifice or give up the things that I've given up to be able to play, to practice 12, 14, 20 hours a day to perfect your craft. You're not willing to lay aside relationships and opportunities and, and connections to even to family for, to pursue uh, so doggedly what I have caught, what has caused me to perfect the craft that I have. You're not willing to sacrifice those things. So I ask you the question, what are you willing to sacrifice to be in God's perfect will? What are you willing to sacrifice to align yourself with God's design for you? What are you willing to sacrifice so that you can be perfectly in line with God's purpose for you to get there? You may have to fail, but don't look at it as failure. Look at it at this moment that God is simply redirecting me so that I can follow his path more perfectly. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, allow us to grasp destiny moments in our lives when maybe you're simply redirecting us. It seems like failure in our eyes and maybe even in the eyes of the spectators of those who watch us in our lives, those who observe how we act and how we behave and what we do. Let us not be dissuaded by our own emotions and our own feelings or listen to the voice of those speaking around us, Lord, who are not in line with your word, because just as faith cometh by hearing, so also does doubt. Help us to be in tune with your word. And like David even asked of you, let your word be a light, light into my feet and a lamp into my path. Direct me even in the moments that I feel less in the moments I feel like I'm losing in my moments of failure. Allow me to introspectively see your word guiding me out of this moment, leading me in a path that causes me to be closer to you. Let me absorb and learn the lesson of this moment of redirection so that I in the future may more perfectly follow your word, your path and your purpose. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. And may you be blessed. I pray that you were encouraged by something that you heard on tonight. And I pray that you, even in your moment of redirection, don't consider it a moment of loss or a moment of failure. This is a moment of redirection. And God is leading me in the path that he desires me to go. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by give a fuck. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.